0: It's your boy Elliot from Boston, and right now I'm here at the EFB Podcast. We're sitting with the legendary Mr. John Ruiz. John, thank you for taking the time to uh, sit down with us. Um, you know, I want to first say thanks because uh, you know, um, you know, you are a, a legendary figure in the Latino community, a legendary figure here in the Boston community, and it's an honor to sit down with you. Yeah, thank uh, you. Now, would you? Um, you know, life before boxing. You know, be able to tell us how you got into boxing, how, how your career started, so to speak.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's, I started very really young actually. I started when I was at the age of seven. I yeah, mean, I was uh, I was actually thrown into boxing from my stepfather, you know, junior. He basically loved boxing. And, you know, he the thing with um, with him was more of a was a, it was it was his number one sport. I mean, and the thing is that um, he brought me to the gym one day and put some gloves on me and told me to start hitting the bags, start jumping rope and stuff like that. And uh, and I just, um, you know, as a kid, you know, you enjoy those stuff. I mean, who doesn't enjoy hitting something? Yeah. yeah. And um, you know, at that moment, I didn't know what boxing was. I didn't really know exactly what I was doing. You know, he brought me to the thing. He brought me to the gym every day and making sure that um, I kept going. And you know, it's just something that I, I truly enjoyed. And I never thought about becoming world champion at that age, and or or even you know fighting some other guy. And sooner or later, you know, he got me into that competition mode, and I started taking on fights here and there, and mm. it was something exciting.
0: Now, so would you say, like from a young age, it kind of put you into a, a good physical routine? You know, like you said, you were, um, you know, at a young age, you you were, you were running, doing yeah. doing the jump ropes, hitting yeah. the bag. You know, um, so
1: you know, as other people seeing me, you know, I used to get up and early in the morning at five o'clock in the morning, go running. I did at least eight to nine mile runs, and from there we. Um, we went. I went to school. From school, I went to to the gym. From gym, I went home and did my homework. You know, and as people saw me running the streets, I like they You know, they, it was like a, they were thinking about like child abuse. <laughs> cause it, it got me out there day and, day and night running, no matter what. I was like the mailman through sneak, snow, and rain, rain
0: sleet of snow. And I was
1: running out there. So, and the thing is, that it, it
0: it did put some.
1: Um, some structure in my life, I mean, where where I, I look back and I, at that moment, I didn't enjoy it, but looking back, I tr- truly thank him yeah. for what he did for my, in my life, I mean.
0: Yeah. Um, what were those early, you know, early routines like? You know, like you said, rain, sleet, or snow, you were out there running, training. Um, at what point, at a young age, did you say, you know, this is, a, this is no longer just something that my stepfather's making me do. This is more of, of a passion now.
1: Well, it, um, at the age, you know, from 7, 12, I was doing that routine day in and day out. And um, around 12 years old, my parents separated. So he, I stopped for the moment boxing, and I started picking up other sports. I always um, did some football, some basketball, some um, baseball some running because I've been always been running, always in marathons, you know, and uh, from there, I I just, um, I felt like a, a relief in a way okay. because he had me in that routine day in and day out that I I felt like I was getting burned out somehow. But um, coming, coming back to the sport, it all happened when I was at the age of 16, you know, from the age of 12 to 16, I was there doing other sports and then at 16, I decided to come back to boxing. It seemed like I had a knack for boxing, and I truly enjoyed the fact of um, it. Just I only, it's just myself in that ring, yeah. and I got myself to prepare myself and get and get mentally ready. And it's just something that I enjoyed.
0: And that that's that's very telling because you know sometimes it takes people. 15, 20 years to kind of figure out what they're good at and what they want to do. They'll try two, three, four, five different things before they figure out this is my passion. This is what I want to do. And like you said, at 16 years old, you said, you know, I, I want to take this to the next level. Um, at what point did did you say, all right, let's go full force with this? Was that, that 16, early age?
1: Um, I, It has to be when I was, yeah. 17, I mean, I, I'm already, my whole thing, I already had my first wife was already pregnant and we were expecting a a, a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, at, at that time, I had to figure out something in my life. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I was still in high school and already, uh, coming out of high school, I already had a, a, a child, which is um, kind of sad to say, I mean, and, and it's just something that I had to do something with my life were yeah. to support them, and boxing was there at the same time I was competing around that time. I was going to different states and competing I went to uh, Sweden and comp- and compete over there against them and and it was something that was taking off of me and I felt that that this could actually bring put food on the table yeah, and that was my main my main force i mean supporting for my family and making sure they my kids lived the life, I didn't have.
0: Yeah, and you go? You just went to school out here in Chelsea? Yes, I did. I went through the whole school system. I went from
1: kinder to to high school, and thank goodness I managed to graduate, even yeah. though you know things uh, were kind of tough at that point. And um, it, it's 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 a uh, it was a hard road. It was a hard word for a hard road for myself in. Just competing and being out there at the same time, just focusing on my family. It's what kept me going. Yeah, it kept me going. And, and through those hard times, there's there's a few times when you in boxing when you had to dig in mm-hmm. and realize what you're doing this for. And that's what always came up to my mind. You know, it's my kids. I mean, I have to do this for my kids, and I have to keep going.
0: And I can imagine, you know, like you said, uh, a, a young guy. Uh, you know. F- in- you know you're coming out of high school you know you already have a, have a child um i can imagine boxing was almost like a stress relief for you a, a, a getaway almost so to speak Which yeah pretty
1: pretty much but at the same time i i didn't spend as much time as i want with with them i mean because yeah. i was always training myself and and um
0: it's like a double edged sword so to speak pretty much <laughs>
1: i mean pretty much it, it's it's i Enjoyed every moment of it. I wish I would have spent more time with my kids, but at the same time, um, I gave them the life I didn't have. Yes. Yeah. You
0: know. Yeah, which is, you know, more than what a lot of us can say. You know, yeah. it's, it's at the end of the, you know, when you have children, that's what you want. You know, you of want course. to give them everything that you, you didn't. Um, and sometimes that comes with sacrifice, you know. Yeah, um, it, it sure does. Yeah. Um, now, leading up to your, to your pro career, um, your first professional debut was against uh, Kevin Parker in '92. Um, what were the emotions like, you know, during during that match? I was very nervous. I mean, of course, um, it
1: would be my first fight without a headgear on, mm-hmm. you know, and then going into the. Um, just boxing itself is 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 a nerve wracking. I mean, if you can't get your mind uh, ready for this fight, then you must just get out <laughs> of the sport. You know, but at the same time, it's just something that I I, I truly enjoy. And going to that fight, it's just something that I, of course, you got the butterflies going, and and, and as soon as that you're waiting for that bell to ring because you wanted to get get it over with yep, in a way.
0: Yep. Um, you know, you said you got the butterflies going. You know, you, you're nervous. Um, but in that ring, do, does it does everything slow down? You know, the the, the way your mind works. Are you because boxing is to me a, a chess match yeah you know so at that point when you're in that ring it, it's was a it slow motion for you or, or do you it remember it going by so fast it or? just
1: everything disappears yeah i mean you somehow you're in that you're you're just reacting sometimes mm-hmm. and it just um you feel like you're you just focusing on the other person and making sure you're of course not getting hit yep. and uh, throwing your own combinations it, it's something that um you, you never really could put it into words because yeah. the reality at all, you're in that ring and you don't know what, it, it seemed like you're zoned in on, on something there that you're not even sure what's going
0: on. And it's almost like, I, I feel like if you think too much, then you can kind of, you can get yourself hurt, you know, Correct. because it, Correct. Yeah. If, you're, if you're sitting there overthinking the situation, next thing you know, you got a right hook coming across your chin, then yeah. that's the end of it.
1: Correct. I mean, that's the whole thing. I mean, it's, it's like a, a reaction that, you have to just be focused, and at the same time, you're not really thinking.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, you went on a little string of, of, of wins after your pro debut. Um, your first loss didn't come in until 1993 against uh, Sergey Kobasev. You know how was how was how was it dealing with that? You know, taking that that, that first L and and you know recouping from that. Well, I had a had a loss before then. Oh, you did. Yeah, you did, I did okay. I had a loss before okay. then,
1: in the same time, I you know, mean, and I um, had a couple losses actually. I mean, it, it thinks that you gotta take the loss with the good. I you mean, know, yeah. because it's gonna happen. Yeah. You know, if if you if you look back and start dwelling on that loss, then of course, you know, I mean, you're not gonna move forward. Yeah. And for myself, it's like I try to figure out what went wrong and how can I fix it.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's the whole thing. I mean, it's just something that I I I. I I had to do. It. I mean, because the reality at all, my goal wasn't there. My goal was beyond that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I just gotta keep following my my goal. And and thank goodness I did. I mean, thank goodness I, I was. Um, you know, of course, I I lost to I think it was Derek, that my first right. Uh, I forgot his last name, but he you know it was a decision. It was I think it was at like the Mohegan Sun, somewhere in far, uh, somewhere in, in Connecticut. Know, yeah, Connecticut. Yeah, Connecticut and stuff like that, and. Uh, and of course, um, it was a it was a tough loss you know, yeah. because any loss in boxing, you know, it always sets you back. Yep. It, it always you have to seem like you have to pick up everything again and start all over again. Mm-hmm. And it, it's disappointing that you went through so much. Oh, okay, now what? Mm-hmm. Now I have to start all over again.
0: Now, in boxing, is you know you said you lost by decision. Um, it, does it place more emphasis on being more aggressive and being more of a, a knockout type of fighter instead of putting it in the judges' desi- decision? Because yeah. I mean, a lot of times, as a fan, when when we watch boxing, you know, you look at those scorecards and you say, how, yeah, how how they rate that that round and how they rate that round, you know. So so does it put more emphasis on you to, to just <coughs> you know beat that opponent and don't even put it in the judges' hands? Well, uh,
1: yeah. Like anything else, is like you know boxing is like going to work for myself. It was like going to work. I mean, if you you, you get out early, mm-hmm. it would be perfect. I mean, <laughs> you get out of work early, you still get paid the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, you're right. I mean, you have to you have to go there and fight your heart out. Even then, you finding your heart out never gets you that decision anyway. Cause you've seen those fights where like you wanted, like you said, what what, what happened? Yeah. And um, yeah, you try. You you could. If you're going out to try the knockout, it never comes. Mm. You just got to go with it. I mean, yeah. you got to go with the fight, and hopefully it does come. And, of course, in boxing, it, it's sometimes sometime who the judges like mm. that get the better. In, in those close rounds, if the judge likes somebody, of course, they're going to vote for that, okay. that person. Because they,
0: so that's it, it's a lot more political than than... You know, it's it's led on 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 television. Yes, it,
1: it definitely is. I mean, because the reality at all. You know, when you come to the bigger fights, you, you know the the opponent picks one judge, the other um, and the champion picks another judge, and and of course there's one neutral, mm-hmm. and then the referee gets judged by the um, the organization, okay. gets picked by the organization. And as you notice those oh, split decision is yeah. because that person picked. Mm. So that's what happens in boxing. You have to. It's a lot of behind the picture that it's. It always. It, even though I love the sport, but I hate the sport.
0: Oh, okay. That's
1: the, that kind of a love and hate relationship yeah. with it.
0: So, who who dictates those relationships? Is it trainers with the judges? Is it um, you know? How do how do how does one judge go about liking one boxer more than the other? Sometimes it's all how,
1: you know, how you um, put yourself out there. Okay. If you're in high demand, of course, they're going to like you because you're going to have more fights, mm-hmm. and you're going to get them more jobs. Okay. More work, actually, more work. So so if, if you're not in high demand, of course, you mean you're—, you're You got to prove yourself to them. You got to prove yourself, and at the same time, you know— if you fight, if you fight some person that is high demand, of course you're not gonna get the decision because you have to go out there and destroy the guy mm. to even come out with a draw if
0: you're lucky. Wow. Now, you know, as a, you know, when I was young, I remember, um, you know, watching, watching your career. Um, you know, my grandfather was a was a big, you know, very big, uh, you know, boxing fan. Um, I remember boxing used to be a lot more mainstream. They used to give boxing on the USA Network, and um, you know we used to watch closely. Given you know like, you know you being Puerto Rican, um, you being here, you know a, a a local fighter who's making his way up the ranks. I remember specifically when um, you got into the Hollyfield fights, and for for us, you know that was a big deal because Hollyfield was was the. The, the real thing you know this yeah. is a, a a fighter who you know put on great fights with you know, you know Riddick Bowe and and other other legendary fights obviously Mike Tyson um how was that for you going into it w- w- were you looking at at Holyfield as just another guy or or did you have to kind of prepare a little bit a little bit harder for for those bouts
1: well you know it is my first title shot which mm-hmm. you you still have to prepare as tough as possible as you can, and then fighting a guy like Holyfield, who was a legend, guy. It was a legend in itself. You know? I mean, and, and fighting a guy like that, that it definitely makes you think. Yeah, it definitely makes you think. And of course, you know, I mean, if you can't, I'd be lying to you to you if I thought of him as like, just another guy. Yeah. you know, because the reality at you know, all uh, that's not true. Because mm. you. For me it was basically just trying to get past that. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to get past that, trying to see him like another person, but at the same time you're seeing you're saying to yourself, there's this whole of you. Yeah. You're fighting. Yeah. And in the, in, the, in that fight itself, I mean, it's just something that I I went out there, I think as soon as I got hit by him, I started I started fighting. <laughs> I, that's when I started fighting, because I I knew that I I gotta do something here. Yeah. If I don't do anything. Of course, I'm always thinking of my family. I mean, I got to go out there and
0: and put some food on the table. So that first hit you take from Holyfield, what goes through your mind at that point? Uh, This this, this, shit hurts. I know.
1: (laughs) What what does not go through my mind, actually? I mean, that's the whole thing. That'd be a shorter answer. So my thing was basically, you get you're going to get plummeted here or you have to go
0: do and stop fighting. Yeah. Yeah. March 3rd 2001 you know it's it's gonna come up on 15 years on your your victory um to be the first Latino heavyweight champion in boxing um how big is that for you you know how because for you know for me as as a young Latino that's huge you know that's that's one of us yeah. that that's a chelsea guy you know it's yeah. a it's a Boston kid, and he's over there the first latino heavyweight champion that that gives us hope that that there's no barriers that we can't break you know how 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 big is that for you um it's, because no, no matter what can't yeah. nobody take that away from you history books John Ruiz, the first latino heavyweight champion yeah
1: that de- definitely basically it, it's it's it'd be fifteen years it's march mm-hmm. and fifteen years ago and, and it still gives me goosebumps and I'm mm-hmm. still kind of uh, giving that chill. Just hearing about it i mean yeah. it's 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 something that i uh, i like i say stuff like that how how can you put it into words i mean mm-hmm. going into a fight and 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 becoming the first um uh, hispanic to ever win the world championship even though boxing's been around forever mm-hmm. and um it's it's a great feeling it's a great feeling you know what i mean when they first announced it and they just looking back on it it just I I could only, you know, say, wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I managed to accomplish that where I never thought about it before.
0: Now, given that accomplishment, do you feel like you get the credit that you deserve of, of, for that accomplishment? Because you know it, it's, you know, when when you go back and you see you see highlight clips and and you see all these great fighters that get promoted and and. And all these great fighters that they're making movies about now, um, you know, do, do you do you think that, that you get enough credit for the career that you have?
1: You know what? It, it's sad to say that I feel like I, I'm i happy with my career, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I feel like I never got the really credit for it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, there's a lot of things in play. You know, of course, it's, um,
0: you know. I mean, your, your style of boxing was more like a tactician. It wasn't like a flashy, you know, you, you didn't. You know, have over the top celebrations, yeah. no over-the-top gear, it was black trunks, you know, the yeah, gloves and
1: pretty much simple. Yeah. I mean, I was a simple person. I I, I seemed like I, I was a working working class guy that yeah. came in to work, did my job and went home afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't stay around, through a couple hundred dollar bills at the um, yeah, yeah, yeah. at the clubs. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. I I didn't promote myself either. I mean that's 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 the other thing. I mean that's the first thing I always tell every fighter who walks to this gym. And I always ask them, who do you think is the greatest promoter out there? You know, after they give me a few answers, and I tell them, look, the best promoter out there is uh, Mayweather. Mm. You know why? Because he promotes himself. Yeah. He knows how to promote himself. He says what he needs to say. Same time, and that's what's making him the big dollars.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, that's what they need to learn, too. Because if you don't learn that, then, of course, it doesn't go hand in hand with your skills.
0: Mayweather to me is more of a celebrity than a boxer. You know, he's a celebrity who boxes, not a boxer who became famous. You know, it's it's it's, that's
1: the whole thing. I mean, he made himself that way. Yeah. I mean, he made himself that way where he could promote himself at the same time. You know, even if he takes the weakest fight out there, he'll fight on actually a guy from nowhere, nowhere, nowhere. He'll still make a ton of money because he's the name.
0: Yep.
1: In, In those close fights. When you, like I was telling you before, <laughs> yeah. he's the one who brings work to some of these, yeah. some of these um, judges and stuff.
0: Now, that win against Hollyfield, what kind of impact did that have on, on your career? You know, was it a positive impact? Did, did it? I mean, obviously, when you become a champion, it, it has a positive in, impact. But, but, did it? Um, what did it do for your career specifically? That
1: at that at that moment was my peak of my career. You know becoming a heavyweight champion doing the being the first Latino to ever do it in history, you know that's as high I could ever get in my career and that's where that's where my management let me down mm. that's where my management let me down and in the same time there you know there were there were I find in this after like ten years afterwards that things were coming in, you know, all these all these um, all these offers are coming in to do commercials and do this and do that. And what they did, it never came to me and presented to me. They mm-hmm. kept it hush hush because the reality at all. I I they knew that as soon as I I created some other income for my family. That I was probably were picked that over boxing because mm. the reality, of all my main focus was my family.
0: Yeah, I mean, and but in a sense, that's a a, a travesty because you know endorsements and commercials and stuff Correct. like yeah. that. I mean, that's that's that's, many, that's millions of dollars. There. Yeah, that that's that's income that you get by not having to sacrifice your body, sacrifice Correct. your brain. You know, so so you know when you look at you know, Mike Tyson with, with the video games, when you look at Mayweather with the money team clothing, um, this is, this is income that he's getting or that they're getting by not even stepping in a ring, by not even stepping in a gym. And, and, and looking back now, you know, me remembering, you know, that victory, it was almost like, all right, when's John fighting next? Because it's like we didn't hear about it until the next fight was announced, you know? And, you know, is is that one of one of the biggest regrets in your career is not having a better management team because obviously the talent was there you yeah. know you know 40 something wins in, in a pro boxing career is nothing to sneeze at you yeah. know um is that one of the biggest regrets that you have oh definitely i mean that's that's
1: the, i guess that's the only regret i have yeah. in boxing i mean I, the thing is that um th- looking back and and knowing that um i i could have been doing a lot more with 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 my life, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and and for my family, than just what what they just me boxing. Yeah. And and that itself makes me, it, it then that, that only hurt didn't hurt me, but it hurt my whole family. It sacrificed yeah. my kids to having a maybe a better better life. Yeah. I mean, and, same, and and that's what really hurts me because he they they didn't take it on me, they took it on my family.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's one thing that I, I can never forgive.
0: Yeah, um, winning that title. What was it like coming back home to Chelsea? Oh, it was uh, it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh he, uh arriving, a, arri- I have a lot of friends from Chelsea, and um, you know, when I mentioned John Ruiz, you know, their eyes light up, uh, you know, because they remember being young and you coming home, you know. So, yeah. so what was that like for you? Oh,
1: that, it was it was great actually. I mean, um, arriving at the in. Um, at Logan Airport there, and you know, I have already having some um, people meeting me there. Yep. Last time you get the the car, getting in the car, we're driving over to Chelsea to um, uh, City Hall there. With mm-hmm. a, it was like jam packed, I and mean, it was, a, yeah. it, was a, it was something that you can only um, only dream about in a way. Humbles like you, Humbles yeah, you. definitely. Yeah, okay. I me mean, having all those people there, you know, cheering you on, and it was it was. Um, Awesome! It was something I could never, will never, will never forget. Mm-hmm. I, wish, um, I wish I wish I would have got a video of it, it yeah. because I would love to, re, you know, live it and re-see it.
0: And did you go to Puerto Rico too? After? Oh,
1: definitely, me. I going to Puerto Rico. You know mean we land in um, um, San Juan there? We get in this we get in this limo. where, you know, where, where I'm from, I, I live maybe maybe an hour and a half to two hours. San Grande, where I grew up. Yeah. And heading from San Juan to San Juan Grande, which usually takes maybe an hour and a half to two hours, it took us like eight hours. <laughs> eight hours I mean, on the road and people, um, you know, sharing. And every, every street we hit, there's a ton of people. And
0: It's a reason to party. Yeah, I know. that's all the thing.
1: And we were just, just waving and, and yep. going on and on until and, and we hit San Juan Grande. And we're there at my, we were there at the park with this name after my family. Oh wow! Because yeah, because they're big baseball players. Okay. And um, and there was a on uh, a stage. You know, the band was the band was there playing. And as soon as they announced my name, it was it's like it was jam packed. Oh wow! Yeah. So that that itself was was something like, something yeah. uh, great. That means I mean, I I could never put those words into that feeling that I had at you know. that moment and how proud I was to be in Puerto Rican and and, and being Boricua, you know I mean.
0: Do you do you go back and watch the 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 that Hollyfield fight? You know, do, do you ever sit back and, and relive that moment so to speak?
1: No, you know me, I, I, I don't actually. I, I don't I don't really watch any boxing. You know, the th- the thing for me is like now that I'm, re- I'm retired now, you know, I mean I just, I just don't want to go back and try to relive something that happened so long ago. Where mm-hmm. it make me even though it's, it's a proud moment in my life, it's something that I I rather you see what's what's in what's in the horizon, what's in my future now. Yeah, you know I, I'm here. I opened up this gym in Meffer now, where I'm trying to help the kids out. You know, and and that's that's my motivation now. My yeah. motivation now helping them out and hopefully they do something for them. That, you know, maybe the few mistakes I made, yeah. maybe they could fix it in their end. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Um, I remember being young and, and Roy Jones was the flashy fighter. You know, he would, you know, um, quick jab, bobbing and weaving, not even protecting himself and he couldn't get hit. You know, how, how was it fighting him when, when he moved up to heavyweight? You know what? Because at that point he had to change his style, you yeah. know, he he just wasn't as that, as fast as he used to be. But h- how was that? Um, did, do you feel like you got a fair shake in that fight? Because honestly, me watching that fight, I thought it was a lot closer fight than what the the judges scored it.
1: Well, the, my it's it's just put like this. Going to that fight was um, was a disaster itself. Mm. You know, before the fight, I mean, I was. I was training in Florida same time going through a divorce, and I was living in vegas i was used to fly back and forth and and i guess um, try to reconcile with my wife and so, you know stuff like that going on in my life and and it's it's definitely put a a a moment in my life that i i regretted i mean mm. to step into that ring even knowing myself that I wasn't even prepared for the fight itself. Okay. And um, as soon as I went into that ring and, and heard the, f- uh, the bell go off and I went out there and chased him down, as soon as the refs started separating us right away, I know it wasn't my fight because mm-hmm. my fight was basically just getting in there trying to rough him up in a way because yeah. I am the bigger guy, yeah. trying to lean on him, trying to be a little more aggressive. And for him, his job is basically to dance around. Of course, he move around a lot and, yep. and through his combination. My thing was used to be on him. As soon as he kept us separating, as I was separating, I saw. Like, Look, that first one, I said to myself, "Look, I'm just gonna go through the whole motion, yeah. and and see what happens at the end." And, and that was the first time ever that I ever quit on myself. Mm. And that's and that's what really really hurts me.
0: Yeah, at that point. Are you looking at boxing as a, as a means of income as opposed to a, a love for the sport?
1: My, my, um, so I know you said it, it's, yeah, a, it's, 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 it's a, a job for you, you yeah, know what I mean? So, I always thought that's the whole thing. I mean, it's, for me, it's always been a, a job where yeah. I, I love the sport, but I like the what how it made me feel. Yeah, yeah, I didn't like what was going on around me, but I love how it made me feel. And what was what was going around me was basically you know of course you know I get those those close losses at mm-hmm. the same time people around me uh doing other things that it shouldn't be doing, and I was always in the course of I had King us for motor mm-hmm. so um those those bad situations with them and stuff like yeah. that, but um <clears throat> it is something that um, It's, it's something that I can could, I could, you know, go through with it because I am not only doing it for myself, I'm doing it for my family. I yeah. have to go out there and do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, if, like, I, like I told you, if that um, Holyfield fight, the second one, and basically everything took off after that, yep. I don't think I would have been... I would have been boxing two more years and then moving on to more promoting myself and okay. doing an endorsement and stuff like that.
0: So now you mentioned Don King. Um, it's 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 highly known that people aren't too fond of Don King and his tactics. Um, you know, is is there a misconception with Don King, or, or or is 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 it not just is is it not just him being a snake, or how big of a snake, or how little of a snake is? You know, what, what's because outside looking in, all you yeah. have is, is fighters complaining about Don King. You know, yet he was in the you know, in the game for a long time. Yeah. Um. So, so what was that relationship like?
1: Yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong. Don King at that moment was the best mm-hmm. promoter of all time in a way. Yeah.
0: He's, he was it.
1: There was nobody. If you wanted to have a championship fight, you had to go with Don King. Okay. And the thing is that um, with Don King, you know, like um, uh, I, I remember someone used to tell me, you know, with all promoters, I'd say they're snakes. Upper is is some kind of snake that's trying to make money out of your out of your mm. livelihood. And then um, either you you could make thousands with this promoter or you can make millions with Don King. You know, yeah. you can make... You might make thousands and lose thousands with this promoter or you can make millions with Don King and lose millions with Don King.
0: Yeah. So, you know, it's... It's a, a high-risk, high-gamble kind of thing. Pretty you know?
1: much. I mean, with Don King, you will definitely get you... In the right position to um, to get that fight you needed f- to make and uh, and it's up to you to you know fulfill it yeah and um, Don King was um, he, he was like any other promoter, you know of course he did his, he, he did his job a lot better than other promoters at the same time he took advantage of some of the fighters that weren't paying attention that were surrounded by the bad mm-hmm. people I mean that's yeah. the whole thing when you're surrounded with, by people by, by bad managers and so on that's when things go wrong yeah and, and, like if you hear anybody out there and that's what usually happens you know it's not the fighter the fighter is there to fight yeah and it's up to the guy you trust to take care of everything else and if you're trusting a snake of course mm. you're gonna get bit also
0: yeah because for the most part of a fight the fighter is not a businessman the fighter is good at fighting you yeah know? and and the manager is the one that's supposed to Look out for your best interest. So, Correct. You know, like you said, you know, you, you had a, a, you know, you got a snake promoter with bad management. And just it's going to lead to bad decisions being made for you. Correct. You know? and, and
1: you're basically going to be right in the middle of doing some things that you shouldn't be doing, taking on fights that shouldn't be taking well, for the for less money, whatever. I mean, mm. so
0: was the was the the fight with Roy Jones, a fight that you felt you shouldn't have taken at the time given given what you were going through?
1: I, I think so. I mean, I, I think it was a fight that I was mentally was not there. Mm. And at the same time, I, training was, was not... I was in and out, flying back and forth to Vegas at that time, and uh, training was also not there. It, it's something that... um You know, it's something that like, you only only blame yourself, I mean yeah. if you can blame yourself you know and and realize that it's a fight that you took, yep. and it happened, yeah, then what
0: yeah you go on in your pro career, you have your last fight it was against David Hay, correct yes, um what well, at that point when that when when you know it came back, you know that that you took that loss um when did you realize, all right, this is it?
1: I, I think I was ready to get out of the sport three years before that. Okay. So I, I always been, I hate to say this, I, even though I love the sport, I was always trying to get out of it. Wow. Yeah, and, and the thing is that uh, my, my focus was my family. Yeah. My focus was on my family. I, at the same time, I, mean, I love my kids. I always wanted to be there for them to, in every aspect of life and if um if i can make money being next to them yeah. you know that's something i would love to do but at the same time i was surrounded by not the greatest management crew mm-hmm. ever so i had to keep fighting to keep supporting supporting them and um and there was a few times where you know I, that i was ready to get out but at the same time it always called me back in with a uh, oh by the way you're ranked number 2 and yep. you got a chance to fight for the title again and yeah. of course why not fight for the title when offering you that kind of money
0: yeah yeah and i mean at at that point you know like, your focus has always been your family you can't you can't turn down a good payday correct when when you're still physically in good condition you know you could still physically go toe to toe with with some of the the better heavyweights in that division um was, was retiring from boxing more of a relief for you? Because like you said, you were ready to to go three years prior. Once that fight against David Hay happened at that point, you know, how how easy was it to just wash your hands? If you know, like you said, you, you knew three years prior that you wanted to get out. At that point, was it this is it? You know, it's it's not worth it anymore.
1: Yeah, it, it was very easy actually. I mean, just walking out. I mean, it's just something that. You, sometimes your 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 body and your mind are just drained from all the um, negative part of boxing that goes through, and and you, sometimes you just have to say, look, enough is enough, and yeah. you have to walk away from it. And 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 as you can see, some of, some of those fighters don't get that. You know, they still want to stick around, they still want to fight, and stuff like that. That they feel like they still have something to prove. With myself, where you know, I, mean, I, I was still, I was still young. My kids, you know, my kids are grown. growing up in a way, and it's for me, for myself personally, you know, mentally, I was mentally drained. Yeah.
0: And at that point, you know, when when mentally you're not into the sport anymore, you know, it's hard to say that the love of the sport was there. If you're if 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 mentally it's not it's not satisfying you anymore so you know it seems like walking away was the most logical thing to do because at that point you could get yourself really hurt you know yeah. you know if if go up against the wrong fighter mentally you're not in it you know like we said earlier if you're overthinking the fight um you could really get yourself hurt but also if you're not taking the fight serious enough you could really get yourself hurt too i mean how how much did did uh you know the you know, the new epidemic on concussions and stuff you know go go into your decision cuz i mean as a boxer you're taking you're taking poundings and poundings and poundings to the head i mean um how big of a factor was that it's just your overall long term health
1: yeah it, you know boxing for me was more for the it, is it's, it's made for the for the people that are hungry i mean mm. if you if you're not hungry no more then basically you should get out of it because that's not going to base you that's not going to make you step up when you need to step up. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not hungry enough, you're not going to do it. Mm. So, you know, I, I lost that hunger way before I retired.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, it was something that I um, knew, but at the same time, I kept fighting. Yeah. It, it's, you know, if, like you say, why get hurt? Yeah. Why, why get hurt and something like that will happen all of a sudden? Who knows? You know, there's pe- people been in Concussion, or the concussion, in a coma, people yeah. die from boxing, and that's the last thing I wanted out of my life when I more yeah. focusing on my family, when I want to see my family. How is yeah. that going to help at all?
0: Yeah. Who are some of the boxers that you look at and admire, you know, either from, from your young career or, or even now? I mean, who are some of the boxers that, even from a business standpoint or from just a professional fighting standpoint, that, that you really look at and are, are a fan of?
1: I hate to say it, but I I, I don't watch boxing. (laughs) I I don't have a. I'm not much. I'm not much of a fan of boxing. I love doing it. Uh, Yeah. At the same time, it's just I was like I said, I was thrown into the sport at that young age. Yep. That was day in and day out, and the only chance, the only little time I got at that age, you know, of course, you want to watch some cartoons. Yeah. and after that, yeah, I, it seemed like I've been watching cartoon all my life. Cause right out of high school, I'm already having a kid, and they're watching cartoons. <laughs> so basically, every single moment I had, I was watching cartoons, other than watching boxing. Because yeah. I I didn't want to bring it into the home. I yeah. didn't want to bring boxing home. As soon as I left that fight, I left it in the ring. Okay. And because the reality, of, I don't want to, I don't want to influence my kids mm. to say I want to become a, I want to be like you. I want to become a boxer because if if I feel like it's a hard sport for myself. What would I want to have my kids go through it? Exactly. And, and that's the reason why when I was, when I always got home, I did the normal things. I became a normal dad and, you know, did other sports with them. But boxing was never a topic. We never talked about boxing. We never watched boxing. And I feel, I feel glad that if they ever, if they ever chose to become a boxer, then it will be their decision. Yeah. You know, it's not because I somehow influenced them in some way to for them to say it. So if they want, ever want to become a boxer, I would definitely help them out. Yeah. Because that's the least I can do. Yeah. But other than that, I would just stay, making sure that...
0: It, you left it at the door. Uh, correct. Yeah. And it's funny because you say that, and it brings me back to a quote um, that LeBron James made where he said that... Um, you know, when he was a kid, he played basketball, he played football, but he wouldn't allow his kids to play football um, because of the dangers of, of, of the sport. And they asked him why. And he said, when I was playing, you know, we were poor. So sports for me were a way to get out of poverty, but my kids aren't poor. So I'm not gonna allow them to put themselves in that kind of physical danger, you know? And when, when you say, you know, you're providing for your family, um, But at the same time, given how grueling boxing can be, you didn't want to influence that on them. It brings me back to that because um, I think too many times we we try to live or or people try to live vicariously through their children. You know, so they they love the sport so much that they not only want to excel at it themselves, but they want to train like a mini me of them so that when they're done, they have like a young up and coming protege, so to speak. You know, so it's. It's refreshing to hear that, that it really was like a nine to five. You know, you got home and it wasn't, oh, let's, let's go over this tape. It was, you know, let's watch SpongeBob. Right. You, know? <laughs> um, you know, I know you said you don't watch boxing, but um, right now, the state of boxing is tough. Um, I feel like it's almost like a forgotten sport. Um, does that hurt you at all given how much time? you you gave to boxing or or did do you see it as a byproduct of that culture
1: well the, th- the thing is, is it's it's with the networks i feel like that that's what the fault is okay. you know because the, the reality at all with the networks if you watch football you yeah. watch basketball you watch baseball you watch these sports and the commentators who are doing these sports they play the sport yeah they were in it they were Top of their game in that sport. And they're giving you their opinion, what was going on through their players' minds, because that's because they were there at one, yeah. one point. In a in a in boxing, you have one guy, one guy giving an opinion with four other guys giving the so-called opinion. They're more asking the question because the reality at all, they never box. Yeah. And and if they say, Oh, come this guy's doing this, or come that guy's doing that? And it's only one guy there to answer it. Yeah. You know, we are not we're not building a a community of boxers. We're where basically boxers are going through life boxing, getting hurt and and so on, those like concussions and stuff like that. And the same time they're getting swept to the side yeah. instead of being you know, put him back into the picture, having them come and commentate, yeah. having him do this and have him do that, and have him give him give, him, give him a job where where they can basically support for the family.
0: Yeah, and so you look at basketball, and and when a coach gets fired, you can immediately see him on TV. Yeah. Um, when a player retires, you know, you know Reggie Miller and Chris Webber. Now they're 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 doing live games, um, but it seems like with boxing, it, it's. It's Larry Merchant and Lennox Lewis and Roy Jones, and that's it. You know, you don't see. You get,
1: yeah, you, and they come in as as a guest commentator. Yeah. They're not stable guys. They, <laughs> yeah, they come in as a guest commentator. And the thing is that uh, with with these guys commentating, of course there be it's good to have one guy to basically you know tie it all together, tie it all together, you know, ask the questions, and get different diff four professional professional comments. Yep. Instead of getting. Um, four guys asking a question and getting one professional comment. Yeah, comment. It, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense. I, I'm not sure why it happens, but then again, I mean, they. Uh, I think we can put two two words together. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're not all <laughs> brain dead. <you laughs> know I mean, if that's the way they think, then basically they got another thing coming. You know? yeah, I mean, at least yeah. we, some of us can put some words together that we can actually move forward and talk to the yeah. talk what's going on in some of these guys' minds because the reality all. You know, if you not if, we, if you never were in a sport, you never know why he did that.
0: Yeah. Um, how dislike this Larry Merchant? Because if I feel like, I feel like he's a bit of an instigator. You know, this it's nothing worse. Sometimes than watching a good fight and then have him be so critical to a fighter as but, soon as soon as the fight is over. Yeah, you, know? you, you
1: got to realize is that all these networks, especially HBO, they're, they're promoters themselves. Yeah. They have one guy in mind, they're supporting one guy, they're doing a ton of commercials with that guy to promote the fight, and that's the guy they're going to go with. Yeah. Because that's that's what they get, I I, I guess that's what they weren't meant to be doing, I guess, mm-hmm. because they're going with the HBO prodigies, basically. Yeah. Oh, this guy's coming up. We like to get behind this guy. Yep. Let's get behind him too. He makes it to the world title, and that's the you're gonna get that a lot. Yeah. As you notice, some of these guys commentate. Oh, this guy's doing this, even though he's not doing anything. Yeah. Oh, he's just moving around. He's doing that. He's he's trying to set him up. They built. They use kind words to describe somebody when the other guy's doing more. And say, <laughs> "Oh, this guy's he's going crazy. Yeah. He doesn't know what he's doing, even though he's doing all the work." Yeah. So you gotta realize that that some of these guys. As, as a fan out there, please—the best way is to shut off the, lower the volume, and watch the fight yeah. and c- create your own opinion.
0: Yep, yep. Um, one thing that I don't see in boxing right now is I don't see a lot of rivalries. You know, I remember growing up. Oh. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Trinidad and De La Hoya. Um, you know, Mickey Ward and Arturo Gotti, um, even, you know, sitting down you know, with my grandfather and having him school me about Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali. Um, you know, do you think that the rivalries are gone because of a lack of talent or because of a lack of promotion? I think there's a ton of great fighters out there.
1: There is a ton of great fighters out there, and at the same time, it's the it's lack of... Um, it's a, I think it's a lack of promotion because, like I said, their TV gets behind one person and they like to just ride that person all the way to the finish line.
0: Yeah.
1: And at the same time they're forgetting about everybody else.
0: Mm-hmm. It,
1: it, it, which is, you know, it's honest to say, to be honest with, it is, it makes money for them at least. Yeah. I mean, it's, at the same time, it, it it them It somehow makes us feel like it, the boxing world is disappearing. Mm-hmm. That's what makes us feel like it's disappearing. Even though it's, a ton of fighters out there, a ton of great guys out there that basically are undefeated and making their move and so on. But at the same time, do you hear them? No, we don't hear them because the the reality at it all, it's all about how they can get the better ratings on their network with who they pick and choose, I mean.
0: Yeah. Do you think, um, do you think the downfall of boxing has come with the rise of mixed martial arts? No, no.
1: If you go, if they go ever head to head, boxing always wins on pay per views. Boxing always wins on pay per views because the boxing is it's still strong.
0: Yeah.
1: It's just basically MMA is being promoted like crazy, yeah. and that's what that's the difference here. MMA is being promoted like day every minute is getting something on television about MMA. Boxing maybe maybe if a fight's coming up in a couple of months. Maybe you hear once. Maybe twice before that fight even take, goes off. So that, that's all about promotion, and it's and it's um, sad to say. It's that's that's killing boxing. It's killing boxing, and it's you're know, not getting boxing. You're not getting boxers, X involved in the sports they they help build.
0: Mm. So is Dana White today? Is Don King?
1: D- Dana White is definitely a well. Is is. It's the people, it's the great management they have behind it. You know Mm Dana White could be the face, but same time it's the great management they have behind it that really is pushing it out there. I mean, in 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 it's uh, they're doing it, it's they're doing an awesome job because we keep talking about it.
0: Yeah.
1: In something like that, that you know, you know, people were talking about that fight with the what's her name, the lady fighting that. Rousey. uh, Yeah. Yeah. But before that was uh, in boxing was um, I forgot her name already. She was there was a woman boxing that basically did the same thing for boxing and for a, women Laylali. No, no before her oh, okay it yeah. was um she, she was a tough fighter too I forgot her name she was under one of my undercards too but um stuff like that you know, i mean it's it's it's, it's ridiculous and amazing to compare in both sports no. when in reality of all boxing been there forever and they should be promoting itself but they choose to sit back and yeah. of course the money does still come in.
0: And you know, I know, you know, boxing is, you know, you know, Atlantic City and, and, and Vegas and UFC kind of makes its rounds to to kind of all the cities. Um, you know, it, it's tough because, you know, it's hard to to get hyped up for a good quality boxing match, you know. Um the last the last boxing fight that I contributed money to was the, the Pacquiao-Mayweather fight. And I, f- I felt dirty buying it because I, I had a suspicion of what that fight was going to be. You know, um, I feel like over the years, Mayweather has become a, a just a defensive specialist, uh, a, a counter-tactician. Um, I didn't think it was going to be a brawl, and that fight ended up being a, a, a big hug match. Um I remember, you know, on social media, you were you were pretty critical of Mayweather. Um, you know, how disappointing was it that the the two best fighters in the game um, not only did it take them six seven years to actually fight, but then when they did fight, it was such a disappointing match.
1: Well, you know, me, I, I never thought bad about Mayweather. Mm. Never thought about Mayweather. Mayweather for me, he's, he's what every boxer should be, mm. basically focusing on their fight at the same time focusing on their promotion
0: yeah.
1: which is basically he's like it's like a 50-50 making 100 yeah so basically those are the two right there that he needs to every fighter out there needs to make their career 100% yeah. better and um and that like you said that that was the last mega fight you know what I mean and yeah. that was the fight that everybody wanted to pay for and watch and and, and of course, I I I know how the turnout was gonna be. Of course, Mayweather is more of a flashy guy. You know, yep. try to outbox him. And like you said, Mayweather's defense.
0: Yeah.
1: So how can you, a flashy guy, defensive guy? Just, <laughs> they don't really match as a good fight. Yeah. They're not gonna match as a good fight. And uh, I, like I said, I don't watch boxing. I didn't yeah. pay for it, yeah. so <laughs> I didn't watch it. But, you know, I, I expected what it was going to be. And, people, yeah. and everybody coming back commenting on how it turned out. They go, well... What did I, you expect? Yeah, <laughs> I know. You got two guys that are basically good defensive guys. Then where's, where's the offense?
0: Yeah, because I remember, you know, I go back sometimes and I watch the, the Gotti and Ward fights. And those were just...
1: Those are two offensive guys.
0: Yeah, the two offensive guys that they, they're, you know... One's a righty, one's a lefty, you know, one is a... You know, Gotti, his his left hook was devastating, and then uh, you know Ward used to go to the body, and those fights, those three fights, were bloodbaths. You know, at one point Gotti was fighting with a broken hand. Yeah. You know, and, and and you look at that, and I don't know when we're gonna see the, that kind of fight again. You know, that's the whole thing. I mean, it's just um,
1: the way I the way I think about the um, the the Mayweather and Pacquiao fight. I, it would have gone a lot better if it was like a Hagler and Hearns fight. Yeah. Well, Hearns is a great defensive guy. He's out there using his jab, moving around. But Hagler was basically determined to attack. Yeah. And that's the thing that, that um, Pacquiao did not do. Mm. So that would have been a, it. Would have been definitely a hundred percent better fight. And of course, it would have got oh, I got my money's worth on that fight. And Instead of saying oh
0: Yeah. Uh, do you compare? Mayweather to someone like Sugar Ray Leonard, who was just a you know very, very flashy in a sense, you know, great boxer, but but you know was more like you said, you know, kind of a businessman, so to speak. Because Sugar Ray was good-looking guy, you know, promoted himself a, as that pretty boy kind of brawler. You know what I mean? Do do, do you do you see that comparison or? I see some mm.
1: some, but I I think um, as we all know, I think. Mayweather took a little step beyond that mm, because yeah. like, like anything else, I mean, he not only st- I don't know um, Sugar Ray promoted himself great, basically, you know, he did the fighting, the style, he made everybody look silly. But then after that, then there was nothing else. Yeah, I mean, but then Mayweather basically took it beyond that. I mean, yeah, he now yeah. he's doing his own promotion, he's yeah. doing this, he's doing that. He's like a, a guy with many hats.
0: Yeah. I remember after De La Hoya retired, he, he, you know, started promoting fighters as well. Um, is that something that you, you, you would ever be interested in doing or, or, or training or management or, or getting back into the game? Um, or, or now it's just a focus on the gym and the family?
1: Well, the thing is, like, it's always the family. I mean, yep, yep. I, I, um, I got an eight-year-old now and we see that I'm going to turn nine next month. I'm trying to- you know spend time with them I you know yeah. mean spend a lot more time with them and um me personally, I would definitely like to um give it another bring up a nice little young talent up you know what i mean but yeah. you know what i mean same
0: but it's gotta be the right time right fit kind of thing
1: well sometimes box boxes like anything else i mean like any other character they they're in it or they're not in it, you yeah, know what I mean? So, yeah. to find that person that's really in it, it's, it's once in a million in a
0: way. Yeah, yeah. Um, talk about the gym. I mean, you you opened Quiet Man Sports Gym here in Medford. Um, you said this was a, a, an out for young kids to kind of teach them the ropes about boxing. Is boxing a metaphor for discipline for you? Because I mean, you have to be very disciplined and very, very, routine based, you know, to 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 be in this sort of field. You know, you can't slack on training, you can't slack on nutrition. Um, you know, it's like anything. You know, when I, when you know baseball players or anybody who plays sports, I always say you have to love practice as much as you love the game. You know, so so, you know, was was the gym and. Out for you to kind of give back to the community, give back to the youth.
1: Well, I'm always been giving back. I mean, since I started boxing, I always went down to the schools. I mean, talked to the kids and and did all I can to basically um, let them know what boxing has done for me in mm-hmm. my life. You know, I opened up this gym with my my two brothers. down um, one is Little Ed Eddie Rivera, and the other one's on Big Ed. <laughs> so Little Ed and Big Ed. Uh, uh, so they're 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 here. Here, helping me out, trying to achieve this dream for these, yep. to help these kids out in in uh, every aspect of life. And boxing for me was it was a savior because if, if it wasn't for boxing, I'm not sure where I'd be. Mm. And I I just did my I'm doing my best out there to stay and help um, these youth today that need a little more guidance somehow. You know I mean, half of them want to stay home play video games. Yeah. And um with that it's just something that I, I, I enjoy doing it. At the same time I'm I'm helping someone out.
0: Yeah. I mean I mean you look you look back back in, you know, fifteen, twenty years ago, I feel like the lack of technology was was good for our youth because it forced us to do something physical, you Correct. know. Correct. You know, yeah. When when I was growing up. You know, you didn't sit online and and wait for one of your friends to go online. You, you you went outside. You found a group of kids and you went out to play basketball, baseball, something. You know, and and um, you know now, how do you kind of balance that in in your own family life? You know, do you do you allow the technology to a certain point? You know, or do do you encourage more physical activity with 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 your children? I I. Uh
1: I have to encourage it because uh, like I say he's um, I got my son in an, an iPad, you know <laughs> and he hasn't not even when he's brushing his teeth he's not put he doesn't put it down, <laughs> so that that's the whole thing I mean, I got him going to different sports yep. different season, he just got done playing basketball now it's uh, baseball season, hopefully you got to get him going to that, and it's it's just something that you have to just get him outside to do something because if we had it all. If it was up to them, just be indoors, like you said, playing video games, yep, winning, yep. calling up their buddies, hey, you're online to get a game going. <laughs> and for, like you said, for us, it was more of a either you go outside and do something or you stay inside yeah. and do what?
0: And help, help your mom clean. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> all, that's the whole thing, yeah.
1: And that's the last thing I wanted to do. So I was out there playing um, a lot of wiffle ball, you know, yep. stick ball basketball, you know, do all you can, you know, even the kick the can, you know, play yeah, tag, yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. I mean back in I'm you know if for some reason I feel better that I had that life. Yeah. At the same time I feel like my 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 kids miss that life in you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, I know. Uh, you know, I have friends, you know, who are, who are my age a little older and they always they always talk about today's youth and they say how spoiled they are with the technology that's available to them. Um, and, you know, growing up, you know, like you said, you, you find friends, you go play baseball or, you, you know, you go, you play basketball or something and you get home all sweaty, you go take a shower and it was a good day, you know, and, and, and now it's the opposite. You got to kind of force kids outside to, to, yeah. you know, be physical and, and work up a sweat. Um, how, how rewarding is it for you to, you know, have this gym, have a a great boxing career and and now be be focused on what's really important is living a good family life you know how rewarding is that
1: oh it's um very yummy so yeah, yeah i feel i feel you know kind of a uh, sad that i didn't have that life in my first two kids. i mean in my first marriage that um you know they that I was there, but at the same time, I had to be away, too. I mean, mm-hmm. so, and then we got the opportunity to be there 24-7. You know, now now i got a, the chance. I mean, I'm remarried. I have, a, uh, like I said, an 8-year-old going to be 9, that I'm there every moment. Uh, the only thing that takes me away is to come to the gym yeah. and help another youth out, you know, accomplish, hopefully, to reach their goals, too. You know, and, and, and I'm enjoying every moment of it. I yeah. am, in know. I, I can't be happier with my career. It got me, it got me to the mountaintop and mm-hmm. managed to accomplish all that. And and now I'm 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 back where what I do enjoy being with my family and helping out kids. You know what I mean.
0: Where can um, where can the listeners get more information about the gym? Yeah.
1: Well, we have a website, on QuietManSportsGym.com. And also, you know, you go on our Facebook, you know, Quiet Man Sports Gym at Facebook. And you could always, we're right here in the Medford, Medford Mass, in 4000 Mystic Valley Parkway in Medford. You know, we're inside Gold's Gym, so you have to go through inside Goals to yeah. come through. We're in the back. You know, you come in, check it out. Come in, check it out, and um, see, see, try a class, you know. Come in, yeah. try a class. It never hurts to try a class out. And see how tough it is to be to train. We were talking about training before. Yep, training yeah. is the hardest part of of it all, because you're because you're training every day, and also the fight itself is for one day. Yep. You know, you gotta be if you're training every day, and for that one fight, you make sure you train as hard as you can, because when that fight comes up, that's I hate to say it, that's the easy part. Yeah. If you train hard enough, that's gonna be the easy
0: part, the easy part. Well, like you said, you know, you, you know that one fight is so important because that one win could propel you up the ranks, or one loss can really set you back. Where yeah. now you have to train and win two more fights just to get back to your previous ranking. You know, so correct, and um, it's all
1: it hasn't all to do with the dollar side too. Dollar yeah. side, you see, it brings you back to back. Like you say, yeah, you know, you're back in the beginning, and you have to win a couple more fights to yeah, get back yeah. to the same place you're at.
0: Well, Mr. Ruiz, I want to thank you for taking the time to to sit down with me today. Like I said, it, it's it's an honor to sit here and and just, you know, talk boxing with you. Um, you know, for, from a local kid from Boston, you know, it, you know, being here is an honor from, from from being Latino is an honor and and again, thank you uh for taking the time to sit down with us. Um, well, thank you. It was my pleasure. I mean, I had a
1: it was a great conversation and um just hopefully uh I can see some some more kids coming through that door. I mean, that's that's the whole purpose about opening the gym here.
0: Yeah. Um, John Ruiz, quietmansportsgym.com. Check out the gym here in Medford. Easily accessible on Google. Uh, it's Elliot from Boston, the EFB podcast. Let's go.